0: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com/papertarian. This is the Greg Peterson experience on Vsin, the sports betting network.
1: It is hour number 2 of the Greg Peterson experience right here on Vsin, the sports betting network. We've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we've got a pair of guests that are going to be joining. The guest says, or. Maca- er, pair of of guests that are going to be joining the desk. A little bit of tongue twister there as Mikhail Miranda. He does a great job of being able to take a look at Formula 1 for us over here at the network. He's going to be joining me in about 45 minutes. We're going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting out there in Paris for Sunday morning's race. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And in 30 minutes, Eric Moody does a great job over at ESPN taking a look at the betting side of football. Along with that, does a great job taking a look at fantasy football. He is going to be joining me as well. And here in the first segment, going to be taking a look at a little bit of baseball before we wind up diving into the NFC West as well. So we got a little bit of everything covered. And every single day with regards to the Major League Baseball season, I wind up doing a write-up for DraftKings Nation, A.K.D.K. Nation. And today we're going to be taking a look at the Blue Jays and the Boston Red Sox for Sunday. This is going to be posted up right around... I would say if you're out there on the East Coast, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, 4 a.m. out here on the West Coast is typically when I wind up posting them. You were able to find all of them at g and one a as well. So I try to keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. But let's go 9-15, 9-16 on the board. As you do have the Boston Red Sox playing goes to the Toronto Blue Jays. Ross Stripling gets to start for the Blue Jays. And Brian Bello is going to be going for the Boston Red Sox. We say Bellow to... The Red Sox being an underdog, anywhere between plus 115 and plus 129. Anywhere between minus 135 and minus 140 is currently your price on the Blue Jays. They started out at a minus 130, so we've seen a little bit of line movement here on the Jays, and this game is 11. I'm willing to lay up to about a minus 137, minus 138 on the Jays, so starting to get lofty at the minus 135 that we're seeing at DraftKings. Still willing to lay it, but that's getting to be towards the threshold of what I'm willing to lay also little bit of a side note here with the Boston Red Sox losing on Saturday. They still have not won a series against an American League East team all season long. I believe that they have played 13 series. It might be 14 against American League East teams. They have not won a single one of them. That is absolutely mind-blowing, but let's get back down to brass tacks here. What I'm going to be writing up in terms of my DK Nation pick, that is going to be on the under. I think that we've just went a little bit too far here. I set this a full run lower. I want up setting my total at 10. Now, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression to this, but take a look at Ross Stripling ever since late May. In his last 11 appearances overall, he's posting up an ERA of a 2.11. Opponents are about at 218 off of him. His command has been relatively solidized. He, in the time span, has been giving up right around 1.5 walks per nine innings. And a lot of people forget, Ross Stripling was actually an all-star starter while he was with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, I felt like he King up getting a little bit lucky that season. He's a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy, not someone that is going to be going out there and getting like 10 strikeouts per nine innings or anything like that. He's a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy, but I mean, with the Red Sox lineup... They've now got Rafael Devers on the 10-day injured list. He is by far their best hitter in terms of being able to go yard. And on top of that, your deal with JD Martinez, who is currently dealing with an injury. And take a look at the lineup that they wound up trotting out there on Saturday to call it like a triple A lineup would certainly be off base. This is a Boston Red Sox lineup that is still decent, but it's not what it once was. That is for sure. You've got Christian Vasquez, who's right now one of your best hitters. And then on top of that, Yomer Sanchez, Jeter Downs, Kevin Polecki Jackie Bradley Jr., Bobby Dahlbeck, Franchi Cordero. These guys are all hitting below a 220. and among the 10 players that want to king a bat, all these guys did and all six, hitting a 219 or lower. That is a big-time issue for the Boston Red Sox. Now, with the Blue Jays, you've got the boom squad out there as Darn near everyone that wound up seeing in a bat yesterday, really aside from Matt Chapman and Kavon Biggio hitting above a 250 for this bunch so That is good. Like Alejandro Kirk is hitting a 320 for this team. Lager Jr., he's been able to supply 20 home runs, 350 on base. List goes on and on. But I do think that Brian Bellow could be in for a relatively good start. Bellow has made two career MLB starts thus far, and they did not wind up going as planned. He wound up giving up nine total runs over the course of eight innings. Both of those starts wanted coming against the Tampa Bay Rays. And take a look at what he wound up doing at the minor league level, command was a little bit of an issue. He was giving up right around three and a half walks per nine innings, but guys electrifying start stuff as he wanted up posting up a 10-4 record across 15 starts, 16 total appearances, 235 ERA, a little bit over 12 strikeouts per nine innings. So he wasn't in like the PCL where it's like a juice ball league or anything like that. Things are a little bit more tame in the offense in the Really, two leagues that he pitching in earlier this season, but he was able to do a nice job holding down the fourth there. So I do think that that is something that is important to take a look at. And on top of that, the Toronto Blue Jays have really had a rough go of it in terms of their bullpen. For much of the season, but we've seen them be able to step up a little bit more. Over the last 28 days, it's a Toronto Blue Jays bullpen that's posting up an ERA that's hovering right around a 3-1 to a 3-2 that's in the top 10 in Major League Baseball. We've seen guys like Yimi Garcia and company be able to step up and for the Boston Red Sox. Over the last 35 days, they do have a bottom five bullpen in terms of ERA. A lot of this is just thrown out of whack because he wound up having the 28 runs that they wanted giving up, in which Murphy's Law wound up happening, and it's just one of those cases in which a Boston Red Sox forgot how to play baseball on Friday. I'm not going to say that every team winds up having them because not every team winds up giving up 28 runs in a game, but you always have teams that they wind up having a little bit of a rough performances. Some of these are a little bit more rough than others. They wind up seeing a much better effort out of the Boston Red Sox on Saturday, and you still have some relatively okay bullpen pieces out there. Someone like Eric Houses, Armora, Austin Davis. These guys have been able to do an okay job for the team. Tanner Elk did wind up getting used up on Saturday, but for fewer than 15 pitches, so conceivably in a tight game, he could wind up coming back in this one on Sunday as well. I think that the line has been thrown a little bit out of whack. I think that this is a tad bit overreactionary to what we wind up seeing on Friday. So I'm going to be going with the under with my write-up. And when it comes to the Blue Jays, the number that we're seeing at DraftKings, minus 135. Pretty much that's the max I'd be willing to lay. I am on the Blue Jays, but I think that we're starting to get to a little bit of a no-man's lane when it comes to laying it with the Toronto Blue Jays in this spot as well. But if we want to take a look at another game that's got a relatively high total of 10, that is 905-906 on the board as the Cincinnati Reds. In the words of Bill Belichick, we are on a Cincinnati, and they're going to be playing us to the St. Louis Cardinals. Miles Michaelis is going to be taking the bump for St. Louis, and Tyler Molly he goes for the Reds. Right now we're finding the Reds as an underdog of right around plus 120 to a plus 125 for the Cardinals to be finding them between minus 131 and minus 145. So seeing a little bit of variance in the market and minus 145 is pretty much the max. I'd be willing to lay with the St. Louis Cardinals, but I'm willing to ride with them. And for Tyler Molly, he's been rumored to be on the trade block by a couple of folks as well. And you got to think that he's going to want to show up very well. The big thing for Tyler Molly is that I think a change of scenery would do him a lot of good. And I talked about it a little bit earlier. These guys that are sort of... Being floated out there as being guys that might wind up getting dealt at the deadline. They've got a little bit of motivation. And I mean, Tyler Molly being able to get out of Cincinnati, I think that that would be good for him because he's got an ERA that's nearly two points higher when he's at home rather than on the road since the beginning of the 2021 season. He's got a road ERA that hovers right around three in the time span. A home ERA that is approaching five. It has not been great for him. And right around 75% of the home runs that he's given up the last two seasons, They have come at home. It's not a ballpark that suits them well. Meanwhile, Miles Michaelis has been able to do a really good job with his accuracy. Sub two walks per nine innings. Not a guy that's going to go out there and get a lot of swings and misses right around six after seven strikeouts per nine innings. And hey, the St. Louis Cardinals would certainly like to have another starter as well. So I don't think we're going to see an intra-division trade wind up happening, but you just never know there. And for the Reds, I do find it fascinating to see their home and road splits as well because this is a Red team that at home drafting a little bit over five runs per game on the road. This winds up falling to a three and a half brand new Drury. He's been able to be a terrific player for this Reds team. He's the guy that they picked up off the scrap heap, hitting a 275, 18 home runs thus far this season. He has been amazing. Joey Votto, ever since he wound up having his rough start to the season, he wound up landing on the COVID IL. Ever since then, right around a 340-ish on-base percentage, so he's been able to kick it up. down to Vincelano's off the injured list. He's hitting a 290, but regardless, still a little bit of loss here here for the Cincinnati Reds. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, you have got a lot of young guys that have been able to step up for this team. You've had Tyler O'Neill not necessarily be the guy that we were expecting him to be this season. Hitting right around 240. It's been a little bit banged up. Many people thought that he was going to be able to take the next step forward, but you got the two guys in the middle that have really been able to pass this. That would be Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. A pair of guys that entering into Saturday, a combined 39 home runs. Goldschmidt, right now the odds-on favorite to win National League MVP as He's been able to slug a 333 batting average, slugging of a 603. So he has been absolutely amazing for the team. And as a matter of fact, got home run number 22 on Saturday as well. But even some of the other guys like Dylan Carlson, Juan Lapez, Tommy Edmond, these guys are in that neighborhood about a two fifty five to a two sixty five. Brendan Donovan wanted being out for a little bit of time. He's back. He's hitting at two eighty for this bunch. And even the other guy that I mentioned, Arenado. He's been able to 300 as well. And then you sack that up with a Cardinals bullpen that I'm not going to say that it's dominant by any stretch of the imagination, but it's solid. Ryan Elsley did wind up getting used up yesterday, but he's got a sub one ERA. Genesis Cabrera is able to give you multiple innings. Someone like a Packy Naughton who wound up being a little bit of a failure of starter, but has been solid out there in the bullpen. He's able to help you out. And the big thing that you've got to avoid if you're taking the under like I am in this game, that Cincinnati Reds bullpen that has been just putrid all season long. There's no other way to put it. You don't have a single team other than the Reds that's posting up a north of a five bullpen ERA this season. And as a matter of fact, Reds are currently sitting here with a 533 bullpen ERA. No other team is above a 469 right now. That's another team that's out there in the division, by the way, the Pittsburgh Pirates. So uh, Not necessarily great out there for the NL Central, but other than Alexis Diaz, yes, you can't have any faith whatsoever in these guys coming out the bullpen for the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, you take a look at like Hunter Strickland, Luis Sessa, we're going to throw in there, Tory Moretta. list goes on and on of guys closing up a north of a five ERA. I do think that you're going to have Tyler Molly look a little bit better in this start, which is why I do think that you got a little bit of value to the under, but I do think that the Sandless Cardinals, if they don't get to Molly, they're certainly going to get to this bullpen. I'm going to take the Cardinals on the money line, and I'm going to take a look at this little under as well. Been talking a lot of baseball here on the Greg Peterson Experience. We're gonna change that in the next segment. Gonna take a look at what to expect out there in the NFC West, and take a look at a team with an interesting quarterback ordeal. That's up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beason, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the Greg Peterson Experience is brought to you by Zen nicotine Pouches. It is a simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that has helped millions of people achieve long-lasting change by offering a smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I needed to make a change and... I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure that a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zen understands that there isn't one right time to be able to make a change, and everyone's timeline is a little bit different. Everyone's on their own journey, so whenever you feel like you're ready to take the first step towards change, Zen Nicotine will be there for you with the right strength and the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and Want to learn more today? Check out Zinn Nicotine's Vouches at zinn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. As it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on Sin the Sports Bank Network. And ding dong, the witch is dead. We finally have a score in the Athletics versus Texas Rangers game as it is now 1-0 to for the Oakland A's. And fitting for this game, the run-wise are coming on. A bases loaded walk. Not even kidding. It's just been a very, very sad state of affairs. Bases still chucked for the Oakland A's. No outs. They're up by kind of one to zero after you end up seeing both of these teams just squander opportunity after opportunity. I think that this is the third time in the last four innings that the bases have been loaded for one side or the other. So it's been adventures. But with that said, we've got other teams out there in the state of California that are a little bit more intriguing and. By that, I'm talking about the NFC West, and you got to take a look at this division because it is the one in which these reigning Super Bowl champions do wind up residing in, and on top of that, you've got a very interesting ordeal that is happening with the San Francisco 49ers. As we know, every single team in professional football, the big thing with them is always being able to find that quarterback, and with the San Francisco 49ers, This is not obviously confirmed, but it seems more and more with the rumors that we're hearing that they are steadfast in going with Trey Lance for the upcoming season and looking to either trade Jimmy Garoppolo or just give Jimmy Garoppolo an opportunity to be able to leave town. And I don't know if this is necessarily the right move because with the San Francisco 49ers, currently you find your win total with them at 10. The overs at even juice, the under is at minus 120, and... I really can't bet on this until we know what we're going to be getting on the 49ers, whether that be Trey Lance or the slim possibility that Jimmy G does wind up coming back. But I mean, if Jimmy G were the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers this season, I would actually like this total over with Trey Lance. I like it under because with Trey Lance, what we all forget is that not only was this guy playing his college football at North Dakota State, he pretty much played one plus season and North Dakota State. The the 2020 campaign, he wound up playing one game for North Dakota State, and it was honestly a pretty lackluster effort against Central Arkansas. I mean, if you would have put that on tape and you would have thrown out there any name other than Trey Lance, you wouldn't have been very impressed by it at all. So I do think that there's a lot of, shall we say, blind faith in Trey Lance right now. I recognize that The folks within the San Francisco 49ers front office have been able to see this guy up close and in person a little bit, but when you take a look at the hierarchy of professional football, if you've got sort of your top 10 and then that next tier of starters out there in the NFL, Jimmy G certainly is not in that top 10, but I would be willing to put him in that next tier. This is not the guy that you want to have to drive 80 yards in 90 seconds to be able to get a touchdown, to be able to win a game or anything like that, but if you're a team that you've got a very solid defense like the 49ers clearly do, if you've got a solid running game, which the 49ers, even with Raheem Mostert getting injured last season and moving on to Miami because of what they wanted doing with Debo Samuel last season, they clearly do. Jimmy G is perfect for this system. They were one throw away from being able to win the Super Bowl just a few seasons ago. And you're able to take this one of two ways. You're able to say, you know what? Maybe Trey Lance would be able to make that throw. I'm here to tell you that I don't think that he would have been the guy to be able to make that throw, but let's say that he is the guy to be able to make that throw. You're able to take a look at that, but how many guys would have been able to get that team in that spot as well? I think that Jimmy G is about a league average quarterback. If you're looking at your top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, Jimmy G, 15th, 16th, 17th. We're able to debate and we're really splitting hairs at that point between quarterback number 15 and quarterback number 17. I think that he's right there, like average. Trey Lance is not among the top 16 quarterbacks in the NFL, and I know that for a fact right now. Now, could Trey Lance be better in two, three, four years? Absolutely. I do think that he's got a lot of upside. I do think that Trey Lance is going to be a relatively solid pro. This guy needed a little bit more time to be able to develop, though, just because of where he's coming from. He was really the highest-picked quarterback ever from the FCS level because he wound as I mentioned, playing at North Dakota State, and he wound playing one game in his last year at North Dakota State as well. He was able to get a couple of snaps out there on the field last season and was even able to start a game or two. So that was a little bit beneficial for him, but I still take a look at just see, San Francisco 49ers right now. I think that if they do wind up going with Jimmy G, they give him the keys of the offense with all the weapons that he has at his disposal, I still think that Jimmy G gives this team a chance to be able to win the division, perhaps wind up going back to the Super Bowl. Now, a lot of this would be dependent upon Jimmy G and being able to just be able to get out there on the field in general because he has been dealing with that shoulder injury. He has been not been able to throw a whole heck of a lot in general. So that has been a little bit of a bugaboo for this 49er scene. But I feel like the one, I guess, bad and good thing at the same time with Jimmy G is that you know what you're going to be able to get out of him. You know that Jimmy G is not going to be lighting it up for 5,000 yards during the regular season. You know that this is not the guy that you want to be just placing all of your hope in to be able to win like some 42 to 39 shootout or anything like that. But you know that Jimmy G is sort of going to be, if you're taking a look at a wait staff in a restaurant, for instance, he is not going to be the chef that winds up being able to cook up the steak at just perfect temperature, everything like that. But if you need a waiter to be able to lend some relatively solid service, make sure that the folks that are waiting for that steak are not getting unruly and be able to deliver it without dropping it on the ground. Jimmy G is able to do that. He is able to do just a competent job at the quarterback spot. You wind up having the tools around him to be successful and the 49ers have been able to do so. I think that you're able to have that. Meanwhile, Trey Lance, I don't have faith that if he tries to bring out the soup, that he's not going to spill the soup on his way over to the table. That's just the way that I take a look at things right now. And I do think that it is interesting to take a look at this NFC West and I mean, even if you do want to going to Trey Lance, certainly it's not going to be as bad as the Seattle Seahawks are. And looking at the Seattle Seahawks is very interesting because towards back half of the season, you did mind up seeing one good redeeming quality with this team. And this has been a player that has been really interesting in the player pop market. And that would be Rashad Penny. Penny is a former first round pick, a guy that was very solid when he was out there at San Diego State. But at this point with the Seattle Manors, or the Seattle Seahawks, I should say, slipping into foot or into basketball mode a little bit there. And right now finding their win total at a five and a half. And I just don't know if I could get behind the Seattle Seahawks team in terms of that prop because I don't know if you're going to be able to have Rashad Penny out there on the field for a full season. Now, with the Seattle Seahawks, if I'm looking anywhere in terms of The season win total with the prop I was talking about, the Rashad Penny over his rushing yards prop. But with that said, with the Seattle Seahawks, in terms of what you're going to be able to get out of them for the season, I think that they probably wind up going for six wins because you take a look at the schedule. They have to play against that daunted NFC West. But that said, they get a road game against the Detroit Lions in week number four. And that's after they wind up playing mostly Atlanta Falcons, who I Firmly believe it's the worst team in the NFL right now. So this is a team that they could legitimately wind up starting out two and two. And then from there, you've got a game at home against the New York Giants a little bit later on during the season. You also are going to be able to get going to be able to get a game against the Carolina Panthers. You wind up getting the New York Jets. And I think that this is a team that they're well coached enough to be able to seal a game, maybe even two out there in an NFC West that once again, it's pretty loaded, but We've seen a team like the Arizona or the Arizona Cardinals wind up slipping up towards the back half of the season as well. So got a lot of issues on that front with the Arizona Cardinals. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what winds up happening with them because now Kyler Murray, a couple days ago it was, announced that he is back on a big giant deal. So that's going to be able to keep him very happy. But until you wind up seeing it with the Arizona Cardinals being able to bust through, win a playoff game, actually give you a full start-to-finish good season. I don't know if I can necessarily buy into them. So I do think that roads wind up leading back to the L.A. Rams being able to win this division with the Rams. Certainly a bunch that is going to be able to run it back now. The fact that we just don't have any idea whatsoever what is, as to what is going to be happening with OBJ, that's a little bit of an issue. But, I mean, Cam Akers, we wound up seeing him towards the back half of last season. He was able to give the team a little bit of production, and that wasn't, in my opinion, the real Cam Akers. The real Cam Akers is going to be fully healthy, good to go for the season. We'll talk about the Rams a little bit later on in the show, but I firmly think that this is a team that's going to be able to win the division, and I think that they're in for another big season. a man that is going to be in for a big season because he does an absolutely excellent job. Taking a look at the game of football, that'd be Eric Moody. Coming up next, we're going to be chatting with him about what he likes for this upcoming season. Taking a look at a couple of players and teams as well. That is up next right here on the Great Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betty Network.
1: Ice cold beers and cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot and a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to drivekings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better, 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See drivekings.com for details and per usual, please do drink responsibly Yes, it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the sports Betting Network and great to be joined by Eric Moody. He does a great job taking a look at all things betting and all things fantasy football when it comes to ESPN and Eric, it is great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you so much for joining me.
3: No, no, you're welcome, Greg. Hey, it's always good to come on and to catch up with you. And anytime I get a chance to talk about sports betting or fantasy football, I will always say yes.
1: And any man that has a helmet in the background of the Nichols Colonials, I am a fan of as well. So the feeling (laughs) is mutual, and the feeling is mutual on this one as well as a team that I've been taking a look at a little bit more during my preparation for the upcoming NFL season. They sort of fit in that fold of, The more I see them, the more I like them sort of team is the Indianapolis Colts. And I know that you're relatively bullish on them as well. Take me through your thought process and taking them in terms of a prop to be able to win the division out there in the AFC South. Because I take a look at this team and I think that they are going to be able to have themselves a relatively solid season.
3: Yeah, no, we we are aligned on the Colts because... Just looking at the um, just looking at the numbers, I'm like it's it's really an excellent bet to make right now, in my opinion. You look at that division, like the Colts are really the only I would say legitimate, uh, you know, they're I would say their only legitimate competitor in the division. I would say is the Titans. Uh, you look at Tennessee, you know, they obviously still have Ryan Tannehill. They got Derrick Henry. But outside of like Robert Woods, who's coming off a knee injury, they don't really have many experienced playmakers at the wide receiver position. You look at last year, I know the Titans swept the Colts last season. I can imagine people are thinking that. But I really don't see history repeating itself in 2022, especially with the offensive additions that the Colts have made this offseason. You look at Matt Ryan. Everyone's very familiar with his statistical body of work. You know, great career up to this point. He was a great quarterback in Atlanta. He'll be a great quarterback in Indianapolis. But you look at two of his key playmakers. You got Michael Pittman. He finished third in route participation last season behind Cooper Cup. And Ryan does have a history of providing his number one receivers with a plethora of targets. And you look at Pittman, I'm like, he finished last season with 88 receptions for 1,082 receiving yards and six touchdowns. And I think he'll exceed those numbers in 2022 catching passes from Ryan. And last but not least, to bring all that together, you've got Jonathan Taylor who's averaged 113, excuse me, 0.7 total yards per game over the last two seasons. And he's really a legitimate candidate to lead the league in rushing yards. So Ryan's in a really great position with the Colts. And I think they'll have a phenomenal season this year and take control of that division.
1: Yep, I agree with you. Now, Derrick Henry coming back for the Tennessee Titans, that's going to be able to help mm-hmm. them out a little bit. But they do wind up losing A.J. Brown. Why they traded him away during the NFL draft, I am not quite sure. But... And said, also relatively bullish on this Indianapolis Colts defense. So I'm in agreement with you there. And then staying out there in the AFC as well. I was talking a little bit earlier about the Seattle Seahawks. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a rough year for them. Part of the reason why it's going to be a rough year is because they no longer have this man, Russell Wilson. And I know that you're taking a look at him for a relatively big prop. It is not to win MVP or anything like that. But take me through the prop that you've got with him. Because this one I'm seeing in at DraftKings at 18 to 1.
3: Yeah, for Russell Wilson, you know, to lead the league in passing yards, it's not as outrageous as some betters may think it is. So you look at Denver and you look at Wilson. So obviously they've struggled at quarterback since Peyton Manning left at the end of the 2015 season. But you look at Wilson since 2016. He ranks eighth in completion, sixth in passing yards, and third in touchdowns. And that was for a Seattle offense that was 31st in total passing attempts over that time frame. So you look at Denver, they're just happy to be out of QB purgatory, as I call it, you know, following Manning's uh, departure. But you look at this Broncos coaching staff, they are building this entire offense around Wilson, and he's surrounded with really one of the best group of skill position playmakers in the league. You've got Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you got Javante Williams. But you also look at Wilson. He'll be playing behind one of the better offensive lines he's had in his career, and this bodes well for the vertical passing game. And you look at that passing game, again, since 2016 – Wilson ranks first in passing attempts, completions, passing yards, and touchdowns on passes over 20 air yards, and that's according to NFL Next Gen Stats. When you factor all these things in uh, that I mentioned about Wilson and the fact that the Broncos play in the AFC West, Denver's going to find themselves in a ton of shootouts, and I think they'll lean heavily on Russell Wilson, and that bodes well for this, pr- uh, for this prop and this bet.
1: Yep, I do think that they're going to lean heavily on Russell Wilson as well, and I do think that mm-hmm. it's going to be a solid year for him, and I mean, let's call oh, it what yeah. it is. If you do wind up having even a rough year for the Denver Broncos, that's not the worst thing in the world for this bet as well, because if the Denver Broncos are trailing in games, guess what they're going to be doing? They're going to be passing it with <laughs> oh, Russell yeah. Wilson. They are not going to be running the ball down 14 points nope. against, say, the Chiefs, the Raiders. Insert your AFC West team here. So that is <laughs> going to be interesting to take a look at. This team, they're just hoping to get any balance whatsoever. The New York Jets, they did wind up doing a solid job in the NFL draft. I know that. You like one of these draft picks as well. Brees Hall, guy that I loved at Iowa State, combined 41 touchdowns in his final two seasons there. Take me through taking him over his player prop, which right now I'm seeing in a lot of spots, right around 850 and a half in terms of rushing yards.
3: Yeah, you know, you look at Brees Hall, you know, he, this, he, was a, he was a joy to watch uh, in college. Um, I would say when you look at Hall, he's been one of the, um, I guess the best way to put it, the most consistent like productive backs, like in college football, if you look over the last two seasons. I look at his body of work. He was a consensus first-team All-American uh, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2020 and 2021. This is a guy that rushed for 3,044 yards and 41 touchdowns. You look at the Jets' backfield. I know they've got Michael Carter that's there, but Hall's going to play a significant role in this backfield, and he's someone that I could see average anywhere from 17 to 20 touches per game. And a thousand-yard or more rushing season is not out of the question for Hall in, in 2022. Especially considering that the draft uh, that the Jets drafted him as high as they did, I think he's in a position to have have a great season
1: so i agree with you too the new york jets they needed any sort of running game whatsoever as i mean last season it was just so putrid what they wound up getting they didn't have a single player (laughs) rush for over 640 yards that was michael carter carter who you mentioned tevin coleman wound Mm -hmm. up being all sorts of banged up and Mm -hmm. i mean zach wilson i know that there are varying opinions on him i don't think that it's necessarily going to be a year in which he's throwing for 40 plus touchdowns. i don't know if he's Mm -hmm. ever going to have one of those years but if he does, it's probably not going to be this year. So I'm right there with you there. And when it comes to another team out there in the AFC, I think is going to be interesting. We were mentioning it with Russell Wilson, the fact that we're both thinking that he's going to be in for a relatively big season. Take me through what your thoughts are with regards to Kansas City Chiefs, because I know that you want to play in their season win total. And I mentioned it a little bit earlier. AFC West, just an absolutely stacked and loaded division.
3: Yeah, and, and, and the thing with the Chiefs, it's... Um... I know they've been productive, obviously with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, but I, I just think it, it's not wise to underestimate like what life will look like for Kansas City without Tyreek Hill. I mean, it will be challenging to replace what he brought to that offense. And you mentioned it, Greg, like a loaded AFC West division. And, and you look at their schedule, too. It, it's very difficult. It doesn't do them any favors. So just looking at it, the Chiefs are going to face uh, the Cardinals, Chargers, Colts, Buccaneers, Raiders, Bills, and 49ers before its bye week. Then you look after the bye; they still have matchups against the Titans, you know, the uh, Rams, and also the Bengals as well. Now, Kansas City, you know, they're going to have to bring their A game every week. But if you look back to last season, they didn't—they didn't do that before their bye week. Before going on that crazy win streak after the bye, they were three and four. And so I think there will be some games for where there'll be some really close games that they're going to lose. And so, again, I like this bet for the Chiefs to go under, you know, 10 and a half wins. So I think it's in the realm of possibility. And I think it's something that better should take advantage of.
1: Yep. I do think that the Kansas City Chiefs, they're probably going to have another relatively solid year. But I mean, that division is just absolutely brutal. And. I mean, whoever winds up coming out of it, I salute them because this is probably the best division that we've seen in a very long time. And we've got one more before we get you out. I know that you're taking a look at the New Orleans Saints, and I think that the Saints, in terms of a season win, perhaps a team that's a little bit of a dark horse to be able to make the postseason, I'm looking at them a little bit, and I know that you're looking at them in a little bit of a different angle, and it's with one of their rookie Mm -hmm. wide receivers to be able to have a big season.
3: Yeah, yeah, I do like Chris Olave quite a bit. Uh if you look at at a lot of places like his uh prop bet for receiving yards is around 700 uh, 15 point uh, five uh, yards. Uh, you look look at Alave. I would say he's positioned for a monster season. There's a lot of uncertainty. You got Michael Thomas. What's his rehab status going to look like? Jarvis Landry coming off a down season, and you also have Alvin Kamara with the possible suspension. But you look at uh, Alave. He's like really one of the great receivers in Ohio State history. You know, he set the school record with 35 receiving touchdowns, fourth most in the Big Ten conference history. Ranks third with 176 receptions and fifth with 2,711 receiving. Yards. Yards. And so he's in a really good position to thrive uh, you know, with the Saints this year. And um, you look at Jameis Winston to kind of bring all that together. Uh, you've got Olave. He's got great hands, route running ability. It's going to translate well to the NFL. And you also have Jameis Winston, who's not really shy about attacking defenses vertically. But when you have the defensive attention that uh, Michael Thomas uh, you know, warrants and Jarvis Landry, Olave should thrive with not getting as much defensive attention as people think. So, again, I like the over here.
1: Yep, I don't blame you there, and I do think that the in for a big year, just like Eric Moody is with all of his picks and all of his great fantasy work. A big thanks to Eric for joining me right here on the Greg Peterson Experience and coming in X. We take a look at some Formula One with our good friend Mikhail Miranda. That is up next right here on BCN the Sports Bank Network.
4: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: The College Football Guide is now out and the Pro Football Guide is coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons, our experts have provided profiles for every single team with advanced stance and power rankings. Plus, you get best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards, and so much more. Reserve your copy of the football betting guide today and get access to everything that we have to offer for the entire football season with a VSIN all access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at slash subscribe. As it is a great Peterson experience right here on VSIN, and great to be joined by Mikhail Miranda. Not only is this guy absolutely tremendous at being my audio engineer here on the show, he also does a great job with the Racing Lions podcast. You're able to find that in the Gone Racing feed, wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play list goes on and on. And our in-house Formula One expert and Mikhail, we got to talk to you about First things first, a little bit of an interesting ordeal that we wound up seeing in qualifying for this French Grand Prix because I mean it's no surprise that Max Verstappen is finding himself the short shot in terms of the odds board. But what is surprising, Carlos Sainz, someone that we typically find right around like the top three, top four, is finding himself thirty to one, and I know that he is gonna be starting from the back of the grid. Talk to me about this and what in the world wound up happening.
5: Uh so actually nothing wound up happening. It's he has taken a lot of control electronics a new power unit because back in austria for those of you who have watched his engine blew up so the car was on absolute fire it was horrific to see because the car was still moving he was trying to get out but nothing really happened it was just uh unfortunate circumstances because uh ferrari despite the pace that they have they still have power unit on reliability issues and for those of you who are new to Formula 1, power units are your engine. It's the complete thing of the, your turbo, your hybrid end parts, your MGU-Hs and Ks, which is your motor generated units, which takes kinetic energy and heat energy from your brakes, puts it back, installs it back up, and uses it again for energy later on to use. So he has to take a whole new set of uh, engine parts just so he could keep compete this race. But the interesting thing to know is that He's got a lot of pace. You'll even see Kevin Magnussen right below him in P20. He's taking new engines, new parts as well. Both of them have tremendous space and I do see them working their way up to the grid. Maybe not winning unless Max, Charles, Sergio, Lewis all get into a kerfuffle going to turn one. However, they can fight their way into the points with knowing Carlos probably into the top six as well. So if you're looking for a betting angle, that's a long shot. I would say take a look at Carlos Sainz and Kevin Magnussen to hit the points and to hit the top six.
1: And is this a Grand Prix, because this is going to be going out there in the country of France, that really lends itself to perhaps a little bit of chaos, perhaps a lot of passing
5: in general? So there's uh, not a lot of chaos, but there's a lot of things going on with track limits. The FIA, who is the governing body of Formula One, has been sort of getting on people's cases like, hey, stay within the white lines or stay on the curves," which is sort of dangerous. So there's a lot of questions. We even saw Mick Schumacher questioning it today in qualifying. Uh, so this track does not lend itself to a lot of overtaking, but it is a very fast track. And sometimes you will see people go into a corner too fast and dive down the inside of the corner and go off onto the blue and red sort of hard surfaces which actually degrade your tires a lot more than being on the track so you could see a lot of people running off onto their runoff areas
1: yep and it is going to be really interesting to take a look at this track because despite the fact that Charles Leclerc wound up finishing number one in terms of qualifying it is Max Verstappen that's finding himself the favorite at DraftKings at minus 105 Leclerc very close at number two at plus 130 and then from there, Sergio Perez, along with Lewis Hamilton, both find themselves 13 to one. If you get past that, you've got Sainz, who's at 30 to one. But rest of the guys gonna yeah, be really tough for them to be able to make much noise. But interesting to see Lewis Hamilton at 13 to one. And not sure about you, but it felt like Mercedes on this track. They found themselves in better shape than they've been finding themselves throughout much of the year. And Lewis Hamilton looked very solid in the qualifying that we want to see.
5: So Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes finally have found their rhythm going forward. Uh, I did say this. It would be either before or after the summer break. And we're coming up on the summer break after the Hungaro ring next week. Uh, There will be a summer break of like two, three weeks off. And I did say that Mercedes may be on the back foot coming into the season, but they will find their way through the season. May not be champions. But we'll have a car that's better suited for 2023 season So We're watching Lewis Hamilton and George Russell come out. And now we're actually seeing Lewis Hamilton outpace uh, George Russell, which is very interesting to see because the beginning of the season, it was George Russell who was dominating. You can just see how people who have been used to the 2021 cars completely gone in the 2022 cars and the newer drivers who changed teams and everyone are finding it a lot easier to cope with it you can see Sergio Perez he was coping with and now Max Verstappen is running away with the championship because uh, Red Bull is building their car around Max and Max was not very excited about the setup that he had with the current Red Bull so they started making a bit more adjustments with the wings and everything making it a bit more drivable for Max and a little bit harder for Sergio. So we're seeing that also change. Uh, so it's very interesting to see how these cars are working for the drivers and teams.
1: Yeah, it has been very fascinating to take a look at as well as, to your point, Red Bull, once again, qualifying wound up going very well for them. Verstappen finishes number two, Perez winds up finishing number three, and we saw Mercedes have two in the top six as well. So I do think that that's an interesting little bit of a look here and As we know, when it comes to outrights, typically you've got your top two that are relatively chalky this week. That would be Verstappen and Leclerc. And then from there, it's a relative long shot. But in terms of guys that could wind finishing on the podium, in terms of guys that might wind being able to finish in a top six at a little bit of plus money, is there
5: anyone in particular that you think might be able to lend a little bit of value? Uh, So looking at the odds, the one that I really like to look at for top six, Fernando Alonso. He has been absolutely phenomenal. He is, I believe, in the top 10 over here. He's actually in P7 on the grid. Moving up, I believe, because uh, someone might be getting out. There's some questions going on. We might see what's going on with Mick Schumacher. But, uh, Fernando Alonso up there in P7 on the grid. And he has George Russell, Landon Norris, and Lewis Hamilton. Uh, We have seen those Renault power engines actually take a nice, good, racy Uh, Straight-line pace which in France you do have this there is a bit of space where you can actually overtake if you have the straight-line pace however uh, Landon Norris uh, That McLaren is not going to be developed any further going forward So it might be he might be in the top six he might not so I would look at Fernando Alonso on DraftKings for a top six finish at plus 125. That's a very good number for those few who have watched Fernando Alonso especially this season absolutely dominating and being up there in the top six for multiple races I think he can absolutely do this and get ahead of George Russell and maybe even Lando Norris
1: yep and we did wind seeing a pair of guys for Alpine wind up being in the top 10 going into this as well so interesting to take a look there and I mentioned it, Verstappen did not wind up winning qualifying, but at the same time, he is finding himself the short shot in terms of the odds board. Are we starting to find that he's just starting to get a little bit overvalued in general? Because it feels like it's becoming a tradition unlike any other on this show. Every time you wind up joining the desk, every single time, I'm like, and Verstappen is finding himself at minus 105 or greater to be able to win the race
5: outright, and it does feel like these numbers are starting to get a little bit out of whack with him. So... I would agree to some extent with you so be seeing him right now at minus 105 that's a little bit on the favorite side with even money so that's not too bad but i have seen him when he was minus 130 that was overpricing him yes he might have been a big favorite for that race uh rebel might have looked very pacey but don't count out charles leclerc he has got the racecraft to take the fight to max and absolutely dominate him we saw what he did in austria which was red bull's home grand prix that was Charles's track. Red Bull had no answer for that. And odds makers need to start re-evaluating their positions. Just because something may suit Red Bull does not mean that Ferrari can't come and surprise us. That's what they've done. They've done that to McLaren as well and to Mercedes this year. So we can't count out uh, other teams who could take the fight to Max even though he's a bit aggressive. He is the current reigning world champion. So it might be interesting to see that. Uh, but for this week's race, I actually have Charles to win the race at plus 130. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see what happens. I am rooting for Charles. Um, I don't know if I would sprinkle money on Max, but I like the underdog. Always the underdog.
1: Yep, and with Leclerc, you got the guy that finished number one in qualifying. He is going to be a little bit of plus money here. Like you said, right now, right around plus 130. At DraftKings, So I think that that's relatively solid there. And what is always solid is your insights on Formula One. Thank you so much for joining the desk, Mikhail.
5: Thank you so much, Greg. Much appreciated.
1: Mikhail always delivers the goods right here on the Greg Peterson Experience. Does a great job. Take a look at Formula One and in the final hour of the Greg Peterson Experience. Going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting in MLB Baseball on Sunday right here on v Esports Bank Network.
0: Summer League in Las Vegas like Beeson.
2: We are live here on the concourse of the Thomas & Mack Center. Vegas is the home base for the NBA in the summer. Special
0: guest. Chris Mann is nice enough to stop by the desk. Happy to be joined by Nino you know, Hassan Las Vegas Street. You oh, know? uh, Vegas is having its way with me. Cover having its way with yeah. me. Cover having its way with me. Covered having its way with me.
2: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered
0: ChumbaCasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
3: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy.